So I say happy Easter 2018. If we were going to encapsulate this Easter message down in uh, four or five minutes, and I know you that are standing are praying, I hope that he does. <laughs> we have gathered here to celebrate the risen Lord who defeated death, who rose from the grave. To forgive us for everything we've ever done wrong in our past and even in our future. And to rid the skeletons out of our closet that haunts us year after year after year, who Satan continues to pray in front of our eyes on a regular basis. Jesus gives us purpose and power to live today. He also gives us a great security of knowing that our real home is in heaven when we leave this earth. And can we say together, thank you, Jesus, on the count of three. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. I, I think we need to keep that alive in our minds and our hearts and say that over and over. And many of you have probably noticed this is April 1st, which is April's Fool's Day. It's all Fool's Day. It's a day I live 365 days a year. But nonetheless, that is, that is the day. And, and here is the point. You know, I use, I've used a lot of clips out of Gibson's Passion, but maybe this is one of my favorites. This is Satan's reaction when he knows that Jesus Christ has defeated death and he's alive. Let's watch. It's kind of gruesome, actually. But... He knows that all of his plans are thwarted, that there is nothing now that he can do to reverse what Christ has done for us. Absolutely nothing. So, that is why in this life in which we live, He uses everything He can to lead people down that path into hell. That's His job. That's, that's, if He can keep us from Christ, you know, that's what He does, and He uses all manner of things to do that. We realize that things in life happen to us that we have no control over. I kind of I call them spiders and running into spider webs. I don't know, uh, are you afraid of spiders? Anybody love them? This is kind of an interesting clip when it talks about spiders. Let's watch. Why don't we just take the dead spider and get out of here? Oh, no, Ross, you don't get off that easy. Dead spiders already desiccated. Wouldn't be any use to You us. mean macerated? No, I mean desiccated. Dried up, drained right. of all its blood. Right. Macerated is the... Uh... Chewing that they do. Chewing, right. They're like little vampires. This trip to Atherton to find the spider species, where'd he go? South America. Venezuela, why? Is that one of them? Ross, you're gonna have to take a step towards him. Chris, I'm scared to death. And yeah, we all are. But our brains secrete a neurotransmitter and enables us to deal with them. Come on. I don't think I have that particular neurotransmitter. Yes, you do. Well, 
What's, that's our first reaction when you see a spider. Man, you're trying to stomp that. Or if you're sitting watching TV in your sock feet or something and you see a spider, you're digging around looking for something to smack it with. Many of us uh, deal with spiders like this lady that Robert Fulgham writes about, and I quote, this is my neighbor, nice lady, coming out of her front door on her way to work and in her looking good mode. She's locking the door now and picking up her daily luggage, purse, lunch bag, gym bag for aerobics and the garbage to take out. She turns and sees me, gives me the big smiling hello, takes three steps across her front porch and goes, that's a direct quote, he says. At about the level of a fire engine, a full cry. Spider web. She has walked full force into a spider web. And the pressing question, of course, just where is the spider now? She flings her baggage in all directions and at the same time does a high kick jitterbug sort of dance like a mating stork in crazed heat. Clutching at her face and her hair going, ah! At the new level of intensity, tries opening the front door without unlocking it, tries again, breaks the key in the lock. Runs around the house, headed for the back door. Doppler effect of, ah! Now here's a different view of the scene. Here is the spider. Rather ordinary, medium gray, middle-aged lady spider. She's been up since da before dawn working on her web and all is well. Nice day, no wind, dew point just right to keep things sticky. She's out checking the moorings and thinking about the little gnats she'd like to have for breakfast feeling good, ready for action. All of a sudden, total chaos. Earthquake, tornado, volcano. The web is torn loose and is wrapped around a frenzied moving haystack and a huge piece of raw but painted meat is making a sound the spider never heard before. Ah! It's too big to wrap up and eat later and it's moving too much to hold down. Jump for it, hang on and hope, dig in. Human being, she has caught a human being. And the pressing question is, of course, where is it going and what will it do when it gets there? The neighbor lady thinks the spider is about the size of a lobster and has big rubber lips and poisonous fangs. The neighbor lady will probably strip to the skin, take a full shower and shampoo just to make sure it's gone, and then put on a whole new outfit to make certain she is not inhabited. The spider, well, if she survives all this, she will really have something to talk about. The one that got away that was this big. And you should have seen the jaws on that thing. End of quote. We're not too concerned about how spiders feel. But you and I both know that in life there are things that we walk into, things that are out of our circumstance, that are like spider webs. They just surround us and we're digging, digging, trying to get it off. You know, when our kids are smaller and maybe not so small, when they're confronted with these spider webs and these spiders in life, things that bother us. They go to mom and dad or grandparents or they go to adult usually, and what they want, they want that little hand, they want that big hand of security to wrap around theirs, to hold it, to know that it's gonna be all right, to pat it, that they're there. When Josh was four or five, this whole house we lived in, the basement, had a drain that had plugged up and all this pipe and everything was full of this black, water that had come out of the washing machine and where the rain had poured down in there as well. So I go out with a shovel down in the field and dig this out and there's a pipe there that comes out and I dig a pretty good sized hole and Josh, he's standing there with his hands in his pocket watching and as soon as I leave or turn around to leave, he steps up on that pipe and I said, Josh, 
Be, be careful, that's a little slick. I took about 10 steps. Ah! He bellied off in that head first, and he was just a, a black mess, actually. So I went down, grabbed his hand, and cleaned him up. That's the way we are, isn't it? Things are going well sometimes, and then we, we, we run into a spider web, or we fall in some black water, and a lot of times the, the first thing we do is, is cry out to God, even though we've been ignoring Him, even though He had no place in our life up until that time, maybe years ago, but boy, at that instant, things change, don't they? And boom, you want your hand in God's hand. You want Him to grip it. You want, him to, you want to feel His presence. Can you remember where you were at on Tuesday, September 11th, 2001? It's when America came flying back to put its hand in the hand of the Father. We had gone so far from Him. Our prosperity and power and peace intoxicated us until that awful moment when our very own planes were used as bombs and the towers that we had erected as monuments to our economic power were reduced to millions of tons of rubble nine stories high. The symbol of our military might lay wounded with a gaping hole in the side, values changed. Suddenly, sports stories and political wrangling were not so important. Comedians and anchormen wept on late-night TV. The acrimonious, acrimonious debate over prayer in public places faded to nothing as we prayed in public places all over this nation. We reached out our hand to hold the Father's hand. Where are we today as a nation, as a community? The big idea this morning is we need to hold our Father's hand. The prophet Isaiah wrote so profoundly in chapter 41, this is what God the Lord says, He who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and all that comes out of it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. And then over in chapter 42, verses 5 through 7, this text is speaking about Christ Himself, God speaking to humankind. I have given you to my people as the personal confirmation of my covenant with them. And you will be a light to guide all nations to me. You will open the eyes of the blind and free the captives from prison. You release those who sit in dark dungeons. That is what Jesus done. So I ask you this morning, whose hand are you holding? And as you go a little more personal in this, maybe 911 didn't affect you so much. But there's been times in your life where you've run into a spider web. And th things aren't just going the way that you had planned them. And a lot of times when that happens, like I said before, we run to God. God, I need you. I, I, I want you to be in my life at this time. I, I want you to do this for me. I want you to fix this. I want you to heal this person. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And we're okay with that for a while. But boy, we, we walk down that road of life and our hands in God's, and then sometimes we get to thinking, you know what, God, I'm going to put you over here on this stool, and you sit there till I need you. But right now, I'm going to live my life like I want and do the things that I want when I want them. But, God, when I want you, I'll holler at you and you can, you can come running. Well, you know what? It don't work like that. That's not the way it's supposed to be. 
When we invite Christ into our life, it's a lifelong process. It's not for 20 minutes a day or even one day a week. It's a 24-7 deal that we live and we breathe our faith. Granted, life's hard and our own nature takes over sometimes, but we've got to try to get control of that, to, to, to know, to sense God's presence is there 24-7. God's is the hand that holds the world. It is the hand that made the world. It is the hand that controls the world. It is the hand of an awesome one, the hand of God, the hand of the Lord the hand of the Creator, Isaiah 42, 5, it's God's hand. It is what God the Lord says. Whose hand do we reach for? Some say, is it God's hand? Who is God? If He is with us, why this happen? Can He keep things under control? We need to always keep in mind that God is a person a good and loving person, a father, a good and perfect father. He is present everywhere. He knows all things, such as when we sit down, when we get up, and when we speak. He even knows our words before we say them. He is the ultimate security in life. And he also lost his son. We do not know what he experienced at that moment as his son shouted, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me. I think it was the most piercing cry ever that was ever uttered by a human in the presence of other humans. We do know that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16. It is the Lord's hand. It is what God the Lord says. He desires a 24-7 relationship with us. You know, that is the point. That's what He desires, and it's up to us, free moral agents, if we want. We can have it or we can't. And the one who made it all, as our Creator says, promises, and I will hold your hand. It is the hand of the one calling us. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take care of your hand. But then we humans, we think, do we dare take God's hand? Can I trust Him to lead me down a path that He has set before me, a path that I might not agree with, a path that might take me outside of my comfort zone to do and say things that I don't want to say or do? But look how he calls us. It's in righteousness. It is with his righteous right hand, Isaiah 41.10. What does this mean? 1 John 1.7 tells us that the blood of Christ purifies us from all sin. Strange concept, isn't it? But it is what it is. God gives himself to us as righteousness. We touch his righteous hand through faith in Christ. Or to put it another way, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And we cry, Abba, Father, which is Daddy. And we call him Daddy. Well, let me ask you this in your life. Do you feel blessed? Has God ever blessed you? Has he ever answered a prayer? Has he done some things in your favor that you know only came from him? We need to be grateful for that. You know, and God loves you so much. 
Where's children? I'm his child. I can put my hand in the hand of the Father just like this. Anytime I want to, I, I can speak out, and his presence is there. And he, it's not so much squeezing my hand as it is squeezing my heart. That only God can touch us in certain ways, and, and that's what he does. So the next time, don't wait till you walk into a spider web. Don't wait till those spiders come into your life, such as finances and debt and illness and even death. Don't, don't wait for that to cry out for God. Do it. Do it now. Do it, do it in your, your everyday life. Sense his presence he, as he guides and directs us. Most important question that ever uttered out of my mouth do you know Jesus? That's, that's the point. We don't want to wait till we get to that end before we even think about it. We need to know that now. If you want to know Christ this morning, I'm not going to ask you. You don't have to come up here. Here is a prayer. It's not the prayer. It's a prayer that our entrance into the kingdom. If you want to know Christ this morning, you say that with a contrite and open heart. Lord, I admit I'm a sinner. Please come into my heart and be my Savior. Please forgive me of my sin as I embrace you now, Jesus, as Lord and Savior. Maybe you're like me, up and down. Maybe here lately, you've taken your hand out of God's hand, and you need to slip it back, and you need to go back. If so, pray this prayer this morning that's on the screen. Father, you have promised if we follow you, you will hold on to our hands and lead us. There's great security in holding your hand. Forgive us, Lord, when we look jerk away. Please take my hand this morning, Father, and let me leave this place holding your hand. Please, God, help us to hold on to you then when we hit our next web with a spider in it. You will help us deal with it. Thanks, God. I love you in Jesus' name. Father, I love you. I thank you for these fine folks that have given up their morning to come and to... Uh, be in this place as we worship you and lift your name up. So right now, as I always ask, just help us be open and honest. And Holy Spirit, as you speak to our heart, as you squeeze them, as you convict us, if there's sin in our lives, all we have to do is say, Lord, forgive me. And you do immediately. And I thank you for that. So right now, Lord, just, just let us have open hearts as we lift up your name. For we ask in the name of Christ. Amen.